Fools. What up, fools? <laughs> What's happening? This is Foolosophy with uh, Marcus and Dan. Yeah, baby. <laughs> both of us. Uh, we are we are continuing our uh, dive into the grittier, darker side of professional wrestling. Yes. Uh, yeah, where we combine uh, two of our passions, Dan's love for true crime and scandals, mm-hmm. and uh, Scandal. my love and nerdery for fucking pro wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Prolific nerdery. Yeah. I'm very impressed with your knowledge. I'm prolific wrestler. Everyone, I have a lot of friends who uh, uh, voice cracked like mine just did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I have a lot of friends who like wrestling, and I'm excited to try to uh, force them to listen to, to yeah. this podcast so they could hear uh, yeah. your vast knowledge. It's impressive. It's and it's you know it's weird. The weird thing is I I do have an extensive knowledge. But now I have dived so deep in the nerdery of pro re- pro wrestling, yeah. that I have met like my match like ten times over, like oh, several other, different other several, people. Oh yeah, well some of them. See, I guess it's not fair. Some of them have dabbled in the business. Like it's like martial been, artists. They're like they're like to... they've been refs and managers, and like some of them like have are pro wrestlers and stuff like oh, that. Oh, like actually in the business. Yeah, and I, I've been mm. recruited. Uh, true story. Uh, before we go into the the uh, you know the whole backstory, Bruiser Brody, by the Bruiser way, which is Brody. what this episode is, uh, I actually uh, did a almost like a like uh, a taped audition to be a, oh. an announcer for because uh, my my buddy I have a buddy named Roger who's also a comic, but he's more of a wrestler now. His his gimmick is Manson Gray, which is kind of like a kind of a paranormal demonic type of like punk rock guy oh but he wanted he they, any relation to owen gray the no porn star? oh <laughs> the, no no the creepy did. porn star with the tattoo sleeve oh the ta- yeah the, the dude the dude gets around though man he's got a fucking... he does but he's disturbing <laughs> yeah he looks like a halloween character all right go on women will fuck anybody who's uh, tall. anybody yeah and he, they're tall they'll fuck him yeah the girls that he's fucking yeah get insane yeah there's a lot of girls like oh he's a bad for me yeah you liked him because he was tall he has like some crazy scar on his chest that matter I guess tall. Even someone tried to kill him out of the, yeah, the fear. Fa- the, yeah. they, tried, they vampired him. <laughs> the fact that like Machine Gun Kelly and Pete Davidson are a thing is because women just like Isn't him tall. Isn't it funny? People are like, Pete Davidson's attractive. No, he's not. He's, he's just, just like they they like the lack of effort, I think. They he's just like tall. the height. They like the height. That's, I mean, that's at really, height, at, is he tall? at the end. Of, yeah, he's like six, three, six, four. I love it. There's just a couple of fat guys alone in a room talking about how Pete Davidson. No, if, not. I, if, if Pete say if Pete Davidson, <laughs> I, was bet, five I would love foot to hang six, out with him. He seems fun. Pete but Davidson, he's, not was, a tra- he's he's conventionally like not a good looking dude, but he's tall. Sometimes uh, of a they'll be like, like um, what's his name? Uh, Eastwood, what uh, Clint Eastwood's son? Oh, Scott Eastwood. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Scott Eastwood said something about something. He yeah. was on Joe Rogan, and my girlfriend was like, oh my god, Scott Eastwood. And I was like, oh fuck you. And then I looked him up, and I was like, okay, I get it. He's a I, handsome he, dude. He's a handsome man. Yeah. But uh, Pete Davidson and some of these other guys, you're like, this is nope. something else. You know, if like he was five seven, it would be. A, we oh, would dude, be talking about. You would never even. We would even never we, heard of him. Nope. Mm-mm. Yep. <laughs> Take that, ladies. Yes. No, it's it's just it's just a it's just a biological fact. If you're tall, it's it's. it's I also think his nonchalant attitude. Uh, women that, like that helps. Yeah, yeah. But if he was five help. seven, it wouldn't it wouldn't help at all. You think so? You think I, he could be I'm nonchalant at five seven? I guarantee. Guarantee. It would have to be way more, way more charismatic if he was five seven. Mm. Then just like, oh, I don't care. Oh, but I'm six four. Yeah. yeah. I love this Bruce and Brody episode is just. 
<laughs> well, no, I, I, I guess I guess we if we we could tie it in. Bruiser Brody, by the way, was six foot eight. Yeah, so eight. women would was, love. Oh, Bruiser Brody, we would love it. Oh, and you'd understand. Oh, yeah, we would understand. Also, Bruiser Brody would wholesale beat our asses. Uh, <laughs> well, Bruiser Brody you, did me, and not Pete fuck Davidson around all at once. <laughs> Unfortunately, the fact that he did not fuck around is what led to his demise, and we'll get to that. Oh, uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I sat down and uh, basically did an audition where I watched a bunch of matches and I called them. Oh, cool! And, you know, and I, th- I think what an th- awesome audition. He, to I do. mean, I got paid forty dollars to do the audition, but they didn't. Even they, so, they I didn't mean, like, it's me. just a cool opportunity. So, what yeah. happened? What? They, they didn't go with me. I they went with like a homegrown guy. Plus, I think it was like a faith-based wrestling organization. So, faith. Faith based, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, like the the so champion pray the, before the, each the, match. The, well, the funny thing was, my buddy's character was very like satanic-y. Like oh, he, that's funny. He wore a mask with like an upside down cross on. So it. he was like a heel, but he's like he was. He's like heel. I like the devil, and everyone was like boo, boo, boo devil. Yeah, and then they're, they're still <laughs> no, wearing their Undertaker so shirts. Fun. Probably yeah. tons of money in it. I mean, it could be, but he. I think he's he's just getting back to rehab. He blew his ACL out in the match or something. Oh. Like that. Yeah, he's a. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Wait, so he was an announcer and a wrestler? No, he no, he had me audition to announce. Oh, okay. Because a lot of these guys wanted me to get in the ring. And I was oh, like, really? Oh, I got stenosis, and my back looks like a, a jigsaw puzzle that's not finished. Yeah, and so since you, you don't want to risk like. Well, I could. I, I would love per, to take like, a I, lifelong. I could pain. probably take a couple bumps where I get like punched and fall down or some shit. But I'm not. I'm not going to be able to take the power bombs. I don't know, man. I try I, to lie my way into a, a TV taping for Impact Wrestling. Yeah, uh, there was a, a a buddy of mine who's you tried to mass transit your way into a. Match? I essentially did. Really? Yes. Tell us. Uh, <laughs> so a buddy of mine named Rex Bacchus, uh, who since, uh, unfortunately has passed away from cancer, but he was uh, while he was doing treatments, uh, recovering from an injury or, or something like that, he was doing uh, security work uh, while also wrestling on the indie circuit. He was doing security work for Impact Wrestling, uh, aka TNA. You know, uh, they were doing tapings at Universal Studios and uh, they needed uh, a couple guys to do a segment where they take a bump from a guy named Moose. This Moose used to play in the NFL. He's like six foot five, two hundred and like ninety pounds. I feel like I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he. I mean, he's Moose, playing football. Uh, he was played he for, like on the Cowboys or something? Yeah, I think he played for the Cowboys or the Packers. I can't remember. I but feel like I. Yeah. Okay. He, so he he played. He he wrestles. He at the time he wrestled for uh, Impact Wrestling, mm-hmm. and they needed a couple guys to get roughed up by Moose. And I was like, all right, he's gonna throw me into like a a thing or something. Cool. And I, I basically like fibbed my way. And so finally he hit uh, the, my buddy Rex. It was like, dude, have you are you a worker? Have you ever taken any bumps? And I go, no, but I've done security. He goes, oh, no, no, we need like workers because we, we need people to take bumps. Yeah. And then I saw the spot like a couple weeks later and it was literally him lifting some of these security guys up and chucking them over the fucking top rope. Oh, my God. To like. <laughs> The outside, like get Royal Rumble eliminated, and you I was like, "Oh, have, I would have died." You just be on the ground, like, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, <laughs> I lived my dream, and like, I have stenosis. <laughs> I can't, stenosis. I can't feel my toes, but my mom saw me on TVs. You know, it was. Oh yeah, I'm so glad, guys. I fibbed. I fibbed. <laughs> guys, oh, yeah. I fibbed to you. Good callback to the uh, mass transit incident, by the way. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm so that's what that's. That's all I could offer yeah. is stuff we've already talked about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, so, so that's really that's interesting, man. Yeah. I I I um I think that would be a really 
cool um, audition to do, you know? Yeah. The announcing thing. It's probably yeah. a cool gig, too, especially if you're into that, you know? Yeah, so I, I've I've got uh, I've I've a legit audition for uh, to be an announcer. Um, you know, I try to lie my way to taking a bump, and God, I'm glad I didn't. A have... friend of mine is did wrestling, like independent wrestling. Yeah, his name is Bob Hanson. He's a comic. Uh huh. He lives in San Diego, but he's yeah. also lived in New York. Um, yeah. And he is uh, he's a great comic, but he was also a local wrestler. So we used to go some once in a while and watch. Like yeah. the local independent wrestling stuff. It's cool. It's cool. It's super fun. Uh, there's yeah. there's one in Gainesville. Uh, Fest. There's a thing. There's a there's a thing in Gainesville called Fest, and they do a lot of. It's like all punk bands. Oh, but they also do stand up and they also do a wrestling. They have their own fest uh, fest wrestling. Nice. And a lot of those wrestlers that have gone through fest fest wrestling wrestle for WWE, AEW, oh, all cool. these. All yeah, I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, I guess that's all connected. They probably yeah. scout all these smaller. And then also the parallels between like stand up comics and wrestlers or really anybody that does the road. It's like your your start is the same. You you travel great distance for no money, mm-hmm. just for exposure essentially. Yeah. You know, and maybe like gas money or like type of thing. It, and that's the grind. Everyone's grind is very similar until you get to a certain level. Then like it's com- completely different. Yeah. You know, kind of. Uh, but even it's still similar. The travel is the travels. Yeah. Grueling, it's you know? like you just have new worries. Like people who start getting booked for shows, then they just have to worry, you know, worry about ticket sales. Yeah. It becomes like I want to get in anywhere to be like now how much am I selling? Yeah, I gotta sell out. I gotta do local radio. You do all that shit. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm. I think I'm starting to transition to that a little bit. Like yeah. in my stand up, where like I did, I did Austin, and I was just like, I was like, I didn't shake hands and meet people and build my fan base. I was like, oh, who am I? You know. Um, <laughs> but that's all about protecting your spot in whatever art form you're doing, and. To go full circle, we're going back into Bruiser Brody. Uh, this was somebody who, at the time that he wrestled, at the time that he was at his peak, there was no guaranteed contracts Yeah, like they have now. Like right now, there's guys that are jobbers, which are people that are paid to lose. Those guys have guaranteed contracts. They have guaranteed – jobbers now have guaranteed contracts. These are guys that they, – they, they have T-shirts. So, like, we're going to beat you up for five years? <laughs> Yeah, they have a guaranteed contract to get. Which their I guess is great. You it's know? A fantastic. That's, that's probably a dream come true for a lot of people. You know, that would be two like, of the most prolific. It's like becoming a paid regular. Two of the most prolific jobbers in the history of wrestling. Uh, there's a guy named Barry Horowitz, mm-hmm. super Jewish. Super. I mean, yeah. the dude used to wear the Star David on his trunks. Yeah, I remember. Uh, oh, you remember? Okay. I remember Barry Horowitz. He used to do the little pat on the back. Yeah, uh, yes. the pat on the back, and he yeah. had the Jew curls. It was great. It was fantastic. Talking about re- pat on the back. That's talking so about funny. representation. Like it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and and, and, and it, it, he was just like he was like a just like a jubilant ass kicker, but just super Jewy. I liked it because they they didn't give him some gimmick where he's like counting money or some bullshit race. Because they did that with WWE. WWF was known for doing like yeah, they, they, repre- they, they represented the yeah. culture, but also the most co- cartoonish racist form. Right, Barry yeah. Howard's was jobbing his ass off wearing like, a Star like, David, um, the sh- like Iron Sheik. And yeah, the, yeah, it's all like yeah. Uh, no, but Barry Howard, he just wore a Star David, but they didn't make him come out and like give dreidels to kids or shit like that. You know, <laughs> that was that was fantastic. But the most the most prolific was uh, Steve Lombardi, aka the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh the yeah, yeah. He was a guy who wore tore up jeans, shirts. He was he could work, but he just didn't have a good look. But um, 
He's the only what jobber in the, the WWF Hall of, or WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. He has his own action figure, all that stuff. He's the only jobber? The only jobber. In the, in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, there was wow. other guys. Yeah, honestly, there are, I think so. Like, there's other guys whose careers dwindled, but at one point they were like mid-carters or low-key uh, like, uh, uh, stars at one point. Yeah. But Steve Lombardi never made it at, made it, he never made it to the mid-card. Oh, Steve wow. Lombardi was a jobber his whole fucking career, but he jobbed to everybody, and he made everybody look fantastic. And so he's in the Hall of Fame. He has an action figure. It's insane. Uh, but someone who didn't job or did not like the job uh, was Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody, he was a star uh, in the time. And there was no guaranteed contracts. So those what guys, year are we talking? Like what years are we talking? Uh, we're talking. We're talking the seventies. We're talking the eighties. Okay. So he was a star of the seventies, uh, and like his, he wrestled. It, it, anyone that anyone that was a star in the eighties, he probably wrestled. Mm. Uh, the only people I, I can't think of like looking back, looking at who he wrestled, who feuded with, or whatever. Uh, I didn't see Hogan. I don't think he feuded with Hogan. Hogan was very good at protecting his spot. So if. You have an established star like Bruiser Brody, who was a star of the seventies going into the eighties. Hogan's Hogan uh, didn't really hit his prominence until the mid eighties. Yeah. Um, so Hogan, if he's looking out for himself, he's not wanting to wrestle Bruiser Brody. I mean, it will draw good money, but he won't win. Or they'll do the they'll do the finish. the 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 finish is where like our predetermined ending to the match. Yeah. Um, the finish, like for example, when guys want to protect themselves, they don't want to lose. They don't want a job. They don't want to like, you know, stare at the lights is what they called it. Um, they would come up with a finish that protected them, but also made them lose. So like Bruiser Brody wouldn't get pinned or submitted or any of that shit. His finishes were always like disqualification or no contest oh, where like okay. the time limit ran out or he hit just somebody. to give the allure of like you can't then you can't pin this yeah guy. right okay yeah and so and and there was a lot of guys like that you um, never got me down yeah he, he raging and, bull yeah what's it <laughs> what was that raging bull oh <laughs> i never went down that's <laughs> my De Niro but that that is that's fucking <laughs> that's dead on that's dead to rights yeah uh because one of the most uh Prolific uh, wrestlers in that era also was Bruno Sammartino. Mm. Uh, Bruno Sammartino was also known for not jobbing the people. He refused, refused to lose to anybody that he felt he could beat in a real fight. Oh wow, what a great rule! And Br I Bruiser feel like that should be that should be how wrestling's uh, run. Well, see, but the, here, here's the thing: is when you destroy Kefe, yeah. You destroy that. Now we know. Now we the smoke and mirrors have been shown. Right. So now it's like, come on, we already know it's fake. Come on, just do your fucking. Let me. I want to see. Like, I'm tired of seeing like two juggernauts just bar. do just like arm bar and then like punch. <laughs> we know that punches are not real. So then that's when you know when you just when you broke down kayfabe when the steroid scandal and the you know the the screw job and all the stuff like that, that's when these flippy guys started doing taking over. The yeah. flippy guys took over. That's true. Yeah. It was more exciting to watch. Yeah. Because it was only exciting watching the bruisers go at it. DMX. Huh? Not DMX. Who is who is the uh <laughs> I don't remember DMX ever wrestling. <laughs> no, um 
what what was the uh, New World Order or whatever? Who who said suck it? Oh, DX. DX. Okay. DX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the <laughs> they added an extra letter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That was like kind we of need to suck it. attitude error. Like yeah. when people started jumping, I feel like the, it got like more like grandiose. You know, like well, it was weird. Like the eighties, seventies, and eighties was like big guys. Yeah, big guys. Big guys. Then headlocks, then, arm bars. Then people were like questioning it. One body slam, steroid in. scandal. Then that's when guys like Shawn Michaels and and uh, Bret Hart, yeah, became champion. Smaller guys who could fucking go, and they made it look good. Yeah, and it yeah. was exciting. They're doing moon salts and shit. You know what I mean? Uh, and like smaller guys took over. Then the Attitude Era came, and then that's when they started doing more hardcore stuff again. The, you know, or the ECW, the, you know, stuff like that. So Bruiser Brody was. At the height of realism in wrestling, yeah, like he he him and Bruno Sammartino had the same stance. They're like, I'm not losing to this guy, and that's unfortunately with Bruiser Brody that led to his death. Okay, that led to his death, and we'll we get to it. We're going to do a quote real quick from Bruiser Brody. Yeah, it's a fantastic quote. Um, his it's it's a long one, but I'm, I think I'm just going to read the top part of it. Well, I'll just read the whole thing. Uh, kids ought to see violence as much as uh, much. Um, as much of it as possible, it'll give them street sense. He goes, the best example for kids I ever saw was in Canada a long time ago. Tarzan Tyler, a wrestler, uh, was beating up some pretty boy, and the guy's 12-year-old brother ran into the ring to save him. Tyler body slammed the kid to teach him a lesson. Don't get involved in anything you ain't tough enough to control. <laughs> I like that last part. Yeah. Don't get involved in anything you're not tough enough to control. So basically, a pro wrestler body slammed the 12-year-old. That's the other part that comes to mind. Yeah. The 12-year-old. I wonder how he did. Little known fact, I'm Tarzan Taylor. (laughs) I body slammed the 12-year-old Regency Square Mall. Uh, (laughs) No, but... but, Like uh, a a pro wrestler's body slamming a 12-year-old. You think he just shattered? Yeah. (laughs) He just... What I love he about it is a, uh, like a, a bag of, of uh, jelly. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's a, that's another thing. Is 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 that probably actually happened? Yeah, we we'll never know because there was no internet. Yeah, you know it's I mean? just like they just drag them off. The best thing we you could hope for for instant proof of it is like someone had a Polaroid camera. Yeah, you know, it just got this kid mid shatter. <laughs> you know, like, but yeah, so like that's that's the quote. Um, and he's a the picture of him. He looks intense. He has intense. Yeah, it's uh, Charles Manson. Yeah, uh, Charles Drank more milk. Yeah, he looks like if Manson was uh, made into a, a pro wrestler. Yeah, dude. His it's eyes. A, he has like. This is what he looked like. Yeah, he I looks might like. I might send you that picture. Maybe put it on the, the Instagram. Yeah, yeah. That's like. Um, uh, look at the Viking look. He's yeah, like, he's. Uh, he looks like someone who is capable of killing someone. Oh yeah. You know when you see pictures of like I I know that from and true. He, True crime, I always want to see when someone commits a horrific crime. Yeah. I always want to see a picture of them and say, like, what does this person look like? Yeah. Who could do such an atrocity? Yeah. And they always look, they always have that look in their eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> dead, 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 black, dead stare. N- yeah. yeah. Nothingness eyes. Um, the re- matches that he wrestled, uh, because of mat- his matches were so violent, he was only, he was booked as a specialty type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so at the time, the wrestlers that were the 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 novelty wrestlers. I mean, he drew. He drew fucking money, um, not Andre the Giant level money, but he drew. He wrestled. So his uh, character was just bruiser, like a 
he's just a violent guy. Just was, violent. Yeah, just and people paid violent. money because they're like, who can beat this guy? You know, mm. and most people didn't because he refused to lose to him first. Right. Of all. Yeah. And then um, also the match he, he wrestled, he had a huge feud with a, a wrestler by the name of Abdullah the Butcher. I remember Abdullah the Butcher. Okay. Abdullah the Butcher. Um, and they, I mean, Abdullah the Butcher's claim to fame was carrying a fucking fork yes. to the ring, and he would like. And then, like, if you look at his for uh, Richard Brothers' forehead, a lot of blade jobs. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of blade jobs. He would he would bleed. Uh, he would storm the crowd. Like, there's footage of him. Like, you probably saw it on the on that documentary where he would like run into the ring with like a fucking chain, and literally people were just climbing yeah, just, over each yeah, other to like, get the fuck away from him. Still beating out of the way, yeah. And like, he was a huge draw in like Japan. He he had a tag team with us, a guy named Stan Hansen. Oh, cool. Who uh, is another fucking? I hope he's related badass. to Bob Hansen. Huh? I hope he's related to my buddy Bob Hansen. <laughs> I mean, Stan Hansen. I mean, honestly, that was another thing, though. Now that you say that, is, is Hansen that dude's last name? Bob Hansen, like real last name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think he's related to any. No, famous. no. But like, what probably what a lot of up. people did was in the territory days because there's no proof. They would, uh, they would. Like make their fake their wrestling name their, oh, their, their oh, gimmick like name a, oh okay would, would be like yeah if like you, a like, famous wrestling yeah family because name? he's uh, Bruiser Brody <laughs> my name's Dan Hart yeah <laughs> the the shit man Dan Hart yeah, yeah. <laughs> lazy boy Dan Hart <laughs> yeah I'm just a lazy boy lazy boy and then it's a bunch of snoring <laughs> yeah <laughs> smacking the lips and scratching your ass uh, his his real name was Frank Goodish. Uh, he went by Bruiser Brody in most territories, but there was a one territory. I think it was in Texas. Uh, they had a a, uh, a more senior wrestler that had a lot of respect. A lot of wrestlers respected him. Uh, his name was Dick the Bruiser. Oh, so when Bruiser Brody wrestled in that territory, out of respect to Dick the Bruiser, he didn't go by Bruiser Brody. He went as King Kong Brody. Oh, so that was another thing they did. Like you didn't you didn't steal people's moves. Uh, if someone was respected, you didn't encroach on their name. You yeah, know I mean? uh, which is so different now. Everyone's got like uh, trademark names. But and wasn't shit. Um, King Kong Bundy is someone? Is that a, a wrestler? Now, King Kong Bundy came well after. Well after, okay. And, and he, but uh, Bruiser Brody only did that when he wrestled in that particular territory. Okay, okay. Out of respect to Dick the Bruiser. Okay. Yeah, but he wrestled. Keeping he wrestled, our King Kong straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get it straight, Dan. All right. <laughs> You got a wrestling nerd on your podcast. Dude. Come on now. Uh, uh, but yeah. He's, uh, I wrote a roast. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you another time. Oh, what? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, he wrestled all the... He, he wrestled Kamala. Yeah, uh, Kamala, He wrestled uh, Abdullah the Butcher, Crusher Jerry, Crusher Jerry Blackwell. He mm. teamed with Stan Hansen, who's a Texas badass. Yeah. Stan Hansen had a, a famous match where he wrestled Vader. I don't know if you remember Yeah, Vader. Vader. Yeah. Where uh, Stan Hansen punched Vader so hard his eyeball came out. And then holy shit! Uh, yeah, and they they fucking continued the match. It was in Jap it was Japan. It was like a Texas bull rope death match or some shit. Oh my god! Oh dude, yeah, these guys were hardcore, man. Yeah, and all it's like, amazing how tough like like Vader, who's known for being real stiff in the ring. Yeah, he he emulated his style off of guys like Stan Hansen and Bruiser Brody. Bruiser yeah. Brody was like he was like the the poster child for. Well, there's a lot of guys. 
that like I could name. Like a he's bunch. like the trunk of the tree, and there's many branches. Yes. of uh, mo- more like, modern wrestlers. Yeah, the... like big, big hulking dudes. Um, he one of the things he used to do, and this is what I was telling you about that berserker wrestler. Yeah. Um, he would like hold his hand out and go. Hush! He would like say like incomprehensible shit. Yeah. To make it really sell on, like bite his tongue, like that, like a. Oh, so like, yeah, like he was to like, really uh, like, oh, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah, like he's a madman. Oh yeah, and um, the problem was, did he do that breathing? I feel like I remember um, that character from when I was young. When it, someone would do that breathing thing, and they would, but maybe it was Ultimate Warrior or someone. I, uh, I mean, Ultimate Warrior probably was influenced by him. Yeah, they all like there was he. He really influenced those guys, those type of guys. Yeah, all influenced those, yeah. all the future badass. God, it really is like comedy. Like it's like uh, someone who's like uh, such a influence. You yeah. see, like the little. The comedy children of that, you know, like Dave yeah. Tell or Mitch Hedberg. You yeah. Know? They have like so many uh, people are like, you're like, oh, clearly you so love. You clearly can't tell- you're a Bill Burr fan, you know, like yeah. whatever. It, so you can't tell if it's an homage or straight up hackery. Right. Yeah. 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 It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but I, I would I would I, just to be optimistic. But either way, people still love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it still the, sells. Yeah. It's- the casual uh, the casual viewer yeah. does not care, you know. I mean, because because at the end of the day, you take away the internet, you take away the suspension of disbelief. Um, what's more truly frightening than imagining having to wrestle a true psychopath? Right. Yeah. That's, like a legit fucking weirdo. You that know? really got me thinking when we talked last week about New Jack. Yeah. And it's more, it continues this week with, yeah. with this guy. It's like, you, you imagine being a wrestler and you're in the ring, but you're like, man, I'm I'm have to work with this guy. But he's like truly unpredictable. Yeah. True. And he like uh, is violent and like and will hurt me. Yeah. You know, so like, it's I, think kind we, of I think we mentioned this dynamic. Uh, uh, I can't remember. If we mentioned it on the K the, the, the breakdown of K the mantra screw job or the last episode. But Bruiser Brody got um, he was the guy that broke in. Uh, Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker. The Undertaker, yeah. Yeah, uh, at the time, I think this was like some Texas uh, uh, territory. Texas Red. I watched Texas that Texas Red, ma- yes. yes. I, I watched that match. Texas yeah, Red versus... Yeah. yeah, and he got his ass whooped yeah. to, to the point where that was the start. That was the formulation of the partnership between Percy Pringle, a.k.a. Paul Bearer. Okay. And Woo-hoo! Mark Calloway. Yeah, because that was... <laughs> they sent Percy Pringle... Uh, to basically that's his aid. real name. That was his. That was his gimmick. I oh, think that was his name. I don't think that was his real name, but that was his gimmick name in that territory and throughout most of the eighties yeah. outside of WWF. Yeah, okay. was uh Percy Pringle. So they sent they sent Percy Pringle out to the ring basically just to help help that kid out, help that kid back is what they said. Oh, okay, because they needed to break him in. Let you know, you know, sh- you know, show him the ropes. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have Frank go out there and fucking show him the ropes, and he got his ass whooped, and then he helped you know Mark a Texas Red back to the uh, yeah, dressing show room, him, get him, get him and going. that was the start of the relationship between Percy Pringle, aka Paul Bear, and the Undertaker, Mark Calloway, yeah. aka the Undertaker. Like, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of like parallels and like perpendicular roads that yeah. cross with, with Bruce Brody. We should do a Venn diagram sometime. Oh, yeah. It would be unbelievable. <laughs> it would be unbelievable. But one of the overlying things is um, he had a history of just kind of doing business for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it made sense considering his character and considering and the, the time no, frame. And the no guarantee contract. Yeah. yeah. But it, 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 it literally ended up costing him life uh, because he, he refused to sell to smaller wrestlers. Okay. If you were a smaller guy, he refused to sell to you. 
And one of those guys was a guy named Jose Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, Jose Gonzalez went by Invader One. He was part of a tag team called the Invaders. Pretty simple. Was uh, the other guy Invader Three? Two. No, Invader. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they couldn't count either. Yeah. <laughs> but they went by the Invaders. They were actually a, a tag team in the WWF in the early eighties. Okay. Uh, to, to about eighty four, and then they 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 were Puerto Rican. Uh, so they went to Puerto Rico, wrestled there for I think it's like UCW. And it was ran by Carlos Colon and like Jose Gonzalez had his uh, had his hand in in the business and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but during a match, Bruiser Brody refused to sell, which is refused to like like let's say you punch me and I react to the punch. Yeah. When you refuse to sell, that means you're punching me, you're kicking me, and I'm not at, I'm pretending like it didn't happen. Right, uh, and it's that's very disrespectful. It's a uh, uh, all pinch and no ouch. They yes. Say. All pinch and no outs, and he refused to sell, and then pre- proceeded to beat wholesale ass of Jose Gonzalez. Oh. Beat the shit out of this guy. In a oh, match. like, like him real up. punches. Yeah. Real punches. You know, he was known for that. Uh, even if he was losing a match, he's like, I'm going to get my offense he's in. He's some sneak a few in. Yeah. He, <laughs> you know, and, and he which, is ironic, him. <laughs> which is ironic because the Puerto Rican wrestlers have are were known for that. Like, uh, Stone Cold was uh, has told on several podcasts, wrestling Puerto Rican wrestlers, like even when they know they're jobbing, yeah, they're like, no, no, I'm gonna get some offense in. It's yeah, not gonna yeah. be a complete squash match, you know what I mean? And so the it's like irony, that pride, they got pride, yeah. You know? So the irony of this guy holding this grudge, you know, about that, but he got his ass whooped, and uh, I think the wrestler that overheard him was a what's going on. No, you're good. Oh, the wrestler that overheard him was a guy who was kind of a jobber in the mid '80s, a guy named Special Delivery Jones. Overheard Jose Gonzalez says, "I'm going to kill that man." Oh, yeah. So, um, so like a legitimate threat, like he. Yeah, and that's yeah. this was like in the '70s. Yeah, when this happened, like like late '70s or some mm-hmm. shit like that. So then Bruiser, he travels all over the world. He's got, he's a huge star in Japan. You know, like I mean, fear, very feared. Yeah, you know, um, it was very popular, right? Yeah, very popular. But now, mind you, he was born in like '46. Okay. He, he played basketball in college. He played football in college. Uh, I think he did like semi-pro basketball at one point. Yeah. Um, and so he now he, and in then, California. Uh, then on top of that, he's wrestling in late seventies and eighties. And I've taken a bump in a ring built in the eighties. Uh-huh. Those those are way more unforgiving than the modern rings. Uh-huh. So the toll. So now, mind you, now now at this point, it's mid eighties going into the, like towards the end of the eighties. He's getting older. Yeah, he's a dominant force, but he wants to get out of wrestling okay and get into promotions because mm. he always another thing is he always had a contentious relationship with bookers fucking him over so like there's a match where he he wrestled uh wrestled by the name of lex luger oh yeah, yeah in a cage match in florida and in the middle of the ring they're fighting and then luger is just giving him offense and 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 bruiser's not selling Uh-oh. and he's like it, like luger had no idea what he did like he didn't wrong him or anything and they, they had to figure something out, so they figured something where, like, Luger escaped the the ring, but he wasn't supposed to, so they disqualified him, so Bruiser still won or whatever. And then after after they talked, he's like, hey, what did I do? And then Bruiser, Bruiser was like, you didn't do anything. And then they were confused, but then the other accounts say that, like, he had an issue with the booker, and that was like his fuck you to the booker oh, for okay. fucking him over on money. Was I'm gonna make your because Luger was like I'm gonna the make top, your show shitty. Yeah, he was that top face guy, the good guy character yeah. for that organization. So he's like, I'm just gonna make your match look like shit. 
Oh. Because, you know, and so he wanted to get into it. And the organization that he wanted to, like, invest his money in was in Puerto Rico. And at the time, Carlos Colon, the Colones, they're very, they're very, uh, they're a big fixture in, in, in the Puerto Rican history of uh, Puerto Rican wrestling, pro okay. wrestling. Okay. They're legends. My, like, my dad would, t- would tell me, like, when he was a kid, he watched one of the Colones wrestle and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jose Gonzalez also had his hand in the organization that Bruiser Brody wanted to buy. Okay. He wanted to Did buy. He, he, he wanted, wanted to buy the whole thing? Yeah. He, well, he had saved his money. He'd wrestled all over the world. He was a yeah. draw. I mean, he was, he was doing well. Hmm. And he wanted to get involved in there. Is That's the backstory. That's the speculation that led to um, the basically his murder. or, or sta- like, So there's, there's a lot of sketchiness involved. Um, you probably saw it in, in some of the documentaries. Uh, but basically, <clears throat> they're in Puerto Rico, and I'm trying to pull up the name of the the uh, venue. Uh, they're in Puerto Rico. Boo boo. Okay, well that doesn't help. They're in Puerto Rico. The, the place is huge. Um, God damn it. That's cool. Take your time. Yeah. <laughs> the most unprofessional aspect. Of, yeah. No. Oh my god, piece of shit. Use this time to reflect on uh, Bruiser Brody. Okay, I can't. I can't seem to find the. I thought I screenshotted it. Um, oh, here it is. The documentary we're talking about. Yeah, is Dark it's Side um, of the Ring. Juan Ramon Labriel Stadium in Bayamon. Uh, it's near San Juan, that the capital e- of Puerto Rico. <coughs> that was excellent accent there. Yeah, it, it, um, one more time. Huh? One more time for the listeners. Juan R- Ramon Labriel. Stadium. Listen, listen to the old R's. Ramon. Wow. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's like the only thing I could do. <laughs> that's good. That's pretty good. I appreciate a good accent. You know. Uh, hold on. Shit. Fuck. And so that that stadium is huge. They had like Iron Maiden play there. Mm. Madonna played there. Nice. Um, um, Same night. All, no, I mean no. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. <laughs> but that led because of how big it was and the traffic leading and like I don't I don't know if you ever drove on the roads in Puerto Rico. They're like <laughs> the infrastructure's not great. I've been to Puerto Rico, but um, only on a cruise ship. Like so, I haven't driven. I was too young anyway to drive. I went to like a fort or something. Yeah, I remember there being stone streets. And it was nice. The uh, my buddy so, uh, Jose lives in Puerto Rico. <laughs> nothing to do with anything. Couldn't go yeah, on. Yeah, you know, because this guy's name's Jose too. Jose Gonzalez. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You, so you got your buddy killed. Bruce I wonder Brody? if I trained at my job with Jose Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> no, he lives in some little town on the south side of. So um, PR. So he was uh, Bruiser was supposed to have this match with Dan Spivey, another big dude. He's a big, I mean, he's yeah, big. I know that name, Spivey. Uh, yeah, he's uh, ironically going back to Undertaker. Uh, several years after this, uh, in WCW, uh, Dan Spivey had a tag team with Sid Vicious, the guy we mentioned earlier, oh, off okay. record. Yeah, uh, and then Sid Vicious became a star. He moved on to the WWF, and so they had this uh, tag team called the Skyscrapers, and they needed. They needed, like, Sid Vicious jump ship, and they already had him booked to wrestle. Yeah. So they you know, like, well, we need another big guy come in, Mark Calloway. And he went by mean Mark Callis in those days <laughs> at the WCW. Uh, but <clears throat> so he's supposed to wrestle Dan Spivey, and Jose Gonzalez is there, and he calls uh, 
bruiser into the showers. Cool. And they have they have a like a discussed business. Hey, come on in. And the way the way the like locker room was set up, um, there was a like they were away from everybody, but there was no other way out. Like the the that was the only the only exit was the exit behind them. Oh, okay. Behind the other wrestlers. Okay. Yeah, it was. But they were they had they were kind of secluded. And this was planned, obviously. Yeah, because uh, the more it's more. Uh, so basically, they get into it. Uh, there's like a physical altercation, and then you hear like screams. And the only like eyewitnesses that were willing to testify were uh, Tony Atlas, who was a like a muscle muscle man wrestler in those days. Okay. Uh, he later wrestled uh, in WWF as Saba Simba, who was like mm. this like African theme, you know, because racism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Dutch Mantel, who's who's like. He was a prominent wrestler in the 80s. And then when he uh, basically retired from pro wrestling, he became like a manager. Whoa. And he, he manages his guys to this day. And he's like a backstage creative guy and stuff like that. Cool. So yeah. they, those two guys were basically like witness to a lot of the stuff. And um, so basically you hear a bunch of screaming. Someone gets stabbed or Bruce gets stabbed and you see Jose leave. So next thing you know, Tony Atlas, by his account, uh, goes and tries to get help. They get paramedics. Well, the paramedics can't get to him because of the sheer amount of people around the stadium getting into the stadium. It took him almost oh. like over an hour to get to uh, Bruiser. So oh. they took him to the hospital, and then basically he like died on the operating table. There was like a whole bunch of like you know like miscommunications because you're in Puerto Rico. And you have Dutch Mantel, this white dude from the South, yeah. and Tony Atlas, a very Southern gentleman himself, and and they're speaking Spanish, and they don't they don't know Spanish, yeah, I don't know so say. there's a lot of co- confusion. So, uh, so basically, th- then Dutch Mantel and Tony Atlas tell the cops like, "Hey, Jose was involved," you know. Next thing you know, they can't find the the step the the the, the knife to stab them, and they said the the wounds were deep, like deep, like we're talking like inches like inches deep oh, you know God. in his midsection and stuff um and then like to, like i think in the, some of the documentaries are like tony was like recounting like talking to bruiser you know because he, he's a big family man his image in ring was this monster but he was like a f- big family guy you know and so um so basically like the cops investigated it and so they they arrested jose gonzalez well, the thing is, they took it to court, and the summons for Dutch Mantel and Tony Atlas, they received their summons to appear in court 10 days after the court case had already been finalized. They're proceeding. They took it to court, and they found him not guilty. 10 days later, they received their summons to appear in court. What? It was mailed late. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh wow! Yeah, dude. So like, there was a, there was a lot of there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot, you know, a lot of winking and nudging. Yeah, and so and, and it was a, it was a bunch of things that a lot of people will speculate. It's, it's just no proof, and that's that's what that's what the over, over overlying legacy is. Is uh, there's a lot of things. It's like one of the things is also be careful who you fuck over, right? Because not that, not that this is uh, not that this is like a good situation, but like you know. Bruiser fucked this guy over, and the guy never let go of this. And yeah, then, you know what I mean. Yeah, and not yeah. that not that not that he was in the right by any means, but like sometimes you never know. Just like try, just yeah, try someone to, you fuck over could fuck be a over psychopath. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then also in Puerto Rico, and it really any anywhere where there's like a strong cultural uh uh 
a hub is you have an outsider, a white guy, who wants to get involved in homegrown Puerto Rican wrestling organization. Yeah. So there's a lot of pull. There was a lot of pullback. And also, Bruiser was known for doing business with himself, which is why he had that beef with Jose in the first place. Yeah. And then, like, so he knew, they, they also knew that, like, let's say, let's say you, like, we have a comedy club here, and I'm just booking my buddies. And this other, more established comic comes in, is like, I'm going to buy the club, but your buddies are fucked. They're not ever going to work here. Yeah. I'm only going to bring all these guys in. And so, we're not going to stab them in the shower, but we're... <laughs> we don't have a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, you know, it's, it's a whole bunch of that stuff. Yeah, um, no, you know, I, I totally get it. It's, it was a cover it, up, basically. It was a cover up. Yeah, that's what he it, was yeah, murdered. It, it like. was a cover up, but that's all speculation. There's so no they proof. just nothing ever happened. And no nothing ever happened because, I mean, also there was there was a lot of speculation that there were cops were dirty. Yeah. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because they, they also are Puerto Rican. They don't want to see this fucking white guy come in here and take over. This it's thing. corrupt cops all Cause, over. Yeah, it's yeah. Because just... it, it up until Cafe was broken in Puerto Rico, it was like P- Puerto Rico and like Southern grandmas believed wrestling to be the same thing. Right, it's so real. You yeah, know, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, and so I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, so it was a weird cover up. So you had, you know, it would be like if Gypsy Joe, you know, <laughs> Gypsy New- Joe killed New Jack. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're going to beat up me, you know, or that guy in Jacksonville or whatever. Yeah. You know, or, or even mass transit. He didn't die from uh, 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 gastric bypass surgery and decided to go fucking, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, turkey carving. Sh- shank him up. Shank him up, you know. So and it, it sucks. I mean, it, he was he was the um, it's the crazy thing is like he if he existed now, he would be like such a bigger wrestler. Yeah. He know? sounds like a. His character and his like the his demeanor and everything and how you know you watch clips of him is very yeah I feel like it would be appealing like it's like an evergreen thing like I think he would be popular at any time yeah in history but especially now because I feel like people would be drawn to that like maniac kind of yeah you know I mean because think about like Mick like also I almost wish he was like younger. To right. some extent, and then uh, got the wrestle. Yeah, it would have been cool to yeah to fight him versus like mankind. Yeah, uh, like Mick, Mick Foley, or even like uh, f- fight uh, Terry Funk, or even fight uh, Undertaker when Undertaker was more established. Yeah, you yeah. know, like that would draw, or even you know just fighting these guys who like he probably roughed up when they were coming up, but then like fight him again when they're both a draw. You know, yeah, that type yeah. of thing. Um, but I mean, because he was older, he was, he was wanting to get out. He wanted to, he wanted a book and he wanted to book accordingly, you know? Uh, but you know, that was his dream. That's, that was his, that was his nest egg. That was his 401k was like, he wanted to get yeah, involved, get in but that. unfortunately he wanted to get involved in an organization with someone he had previously fucked over. Mm. And so that's, it's, it's such a, it's such a, uh, terrible thing. It, but also it's like that's the gritty side of any business. Of right, anything. Yeah. And it's um, kind of like the social network, you know, when you, uh, yeah. that fa- you know, Facebook movie where he like, you know, supposedly Zuckerberg fucked over people and stuff like that. It, but it would be like uh, the Napster guy or whatever, <laughs> shaking him, <laughs> stab, stabbing him at a, yeah. The Winklevoss twins. Yeah. The uh, Winklevoss twins Mark at a mixer. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were doing eat. Uh, we were doing uh, Molly and he just, he went ham on a bong, on a broken bong, you know. <laughs> I love uh, one of my buddies looks just like the one of the other guys that gets fucked over. The guy that walks across where he realizes he's out of the company. 
He does that like march across the office to like, oh, yeah. Zuckerberg's office. Yeah. I have, one of my buddies looks just like him. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, yeah, they uh they received their summons ten days after the, the acquittal. So it was Man, already yeah. That's so crazy. Yep. That's like that's like blatant corruption. You know, and but they're probably it's like you said, it's like they're uh they're protecting their home ground you know their home people uh yeah. keeping keeping the they don't want to give business you know move the business out of it's the mob yeah. mob yeah mob mentality like. mob mentality essentially you know you don't yeah. you don't want to have an outsider it's kind of like how the mob operates here They're like oh we're, we're the italians we can't have the irish guys coming in our yeah, shit yeah. you know or watch out the russian guys don't are care in. how fun they are when we're drinking yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and so it's just the it's just a brutal um it's a brutal business. It's yeah. a brutal business uh, already inside the ring. And then in those days was even more brutal because there was no guaranteed spots. Um, there was no guarantees. It was like dog eat dog, you know? Yeah. And so uh, you had someone who's like trying to establish dominance both in and out of the ring. And that's like, that's the disadvantage. It's kind of like the whole like um, freedom of speech. You know, like I have a freedom of speech to say what I want to, but you don't have freedom of repercussion. Right. Yeah. yeah it's Your that, words that. have weight. And in his case, his words had weight and his his actions had weight. Yeah. And so it's it's a terrible thing. Like there's other guys that got lucky. There's other there's um because of, I guess because of where they were at. Uh, like guys like Hogan, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels. I'm trying to think of some other guys. Um, Ric Flair to some Shawn degree. Michaels is like a born again Christian now. Right. Yeah. I mean, but in is his heyday, in his heyday leading up. Character? No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Shit, even Undertaker's a Christian, despite yeah. his gimmick. Texas he, boy. I figured yeah, he, 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 probably... he didn't like he didn't like the whole satanic Undertaker uh, gimmick that he had, like, very briefly, like, the mid-mid-90s. Yeah. Or, like, the late, the mid-90s. Um, he didn't Such like that. Such a great character. Yeah. One of the best. I saw someone, they were debating, like, the best wrestler of all time. Who do you think is the greatest wrestler of all time? Biggest star. Ooh, biggest star? Yeah, or like best character because they were okay. Well, best my best character. There's there's several. Um, I mean, probably the probably the best character would probably be the Undertaker. Yeah, overall character, just the just yeah, the, just overall just the, character. The, but uh, honestly, I, I have a real popular unpopular answer to that. Let's um, hear it. Jer- Chris Jericho, he's still fucking wrestling. He's been he's been in it for over thirty years, still fucking wrestling. And I don't know if you ever followed Chris Jericho's trajectory throughout his whole career. I have. He's constantly. <laughs> I, I have. He's he's wrestled in every major organization except Impact Wrestling. Okay. Uh, TNA or whatever. But right now, what's his eight, character? Okay, he's 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 gone through like different characters. Like like one of was like this super baby face guy. He was like this optimistic, and then he be, then he became this like pip squeak guy. Yeah, and he's gone through like several variations of like the pip squeak guy, and he can get any catchphrase over. Uh, like he they gave him this shitty gimmick where he had to like write people on a list, like a people who pissed him off, and then he got <laughs> like that a, over a revenge list. Yes. He was like, like Steve Buscemi and made Bill, the list. Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "You just made the list," and literally the whole fucking. <laughs> you just all, made the list. The whole the whole audience. People were coming there with fucking clipboards, bro. Oh my god. Yeah, it like he, he made it he work. put that over. He went to Japan. He's like a Phil Hartman. Like, yes. He's just like he a put. Pr- uh, yes, he's he's literally <clears throat> ultimate uh, straight man. He's he's literally you, you like <clears throat> like water. You put him in any bottle, he'll he'll just yeah he'll adapt. Um, and then okay. he's drawn money. He was the first, um, uh, he was the first, cr- uh, 
universe, uh, no, undisputed world champion for WWE. Yeah. Uh, so when they did the merge, the crossover, when they bought WCW, so they had the world championship for WCW and the WWE title. He's the first person to hold both of them at the same time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the first undisputed champion. He beat Stone Cold and The Rock in the same match to what? win that. Yeah. Like, I mean, that grand is predetermined. Jericho. But, but the faith they had in Jericho to be the face, you know, at that particular time. That's funny. Yeah. And then, like, he could he could cut promos. I mean, he's, he's fucking, like, 56, bro. And he's, like, he's cutting promos, like, scathing, awesome promos. He's, he's, he's like, put right now his, his role in AEW is to help the young guys out. Yeah. You know, like, give them the rub and all that stuff like that. But he can still go. Yeah, yeah he grant he doesn't look the same physically. He's got like a <laughs> he's got like a dad bod, like you know, with look, look, kind of like saggy booby type things. Yeah, but he could still fucking go, man. So that's, I don't know. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good that's a good answer. You know, I feel like um, you hear a lot of the same ones. People when I, I watched a segment, I guess it was like ESPN or whatever. They said Hogan and Undertaker were the two answers that people gave. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, now now now, Undertaker. Ho- Hogan, yeah. I feel like Hogan, Hulk Hogan is the biggest wrestler of all, like biggest name of all time. He's like the Michael Jordan of wrestling. Is that accurate? If the internet age or even like cable TV existed during much of Andre the Giant's career, yeah, because much of his career was in the seventies. Oh, okay, you think? But the sheer the how over he was, we didn't, we won't, uh, we won't fully grasp the the scope of how over Andre the Giant was. Um, but Andre the Giant was probably bigger than an, any of those guys. Oh, really? But the okay. cable television didn't exist to the extent yeah. when Hogan was popular. No, I'd love yeah. to know that, and that's a really yeah. great point because they're there's you know, even, relative there's even, popularity to the time and the, there's, the media uh, outlet. Andre the Giant as a wrestler, you know, a figure in terms of just like just being such a massive human. Yeah, is uh. So iconic, you know, his one, his singlet, his black singlet with like yeah. the, that look. And then he's just, you know, he was, uh, the, the thing was he worked with literally every organization. He wrestled, all, he wrestled for all the territories. He was so over that all the territories worked together to bring him in to all the territory. He was such a draw. Yeah. But we will never know the scope of how big he was in terms of popularity because at, at his peak internet cable, Closed circuit television didn't even exist in those days. Yeah, you know, to some extent. So we'll we'll never know. But like, um, if that existed, I would say Andre. Okay. Because of just just the sheer scope of how big he was. Mm-hmm. Because like we saw Andre in the eighties after back surgeries. Yeah. So he was smaller when, at WrestleMania three when he's staring down Hogan. He's only like six eleven, six ten. He was a legit like over seven foot when at the height of his career. Yeah. So, like, we'll we'll never we'll never know. But like, as far as like the like, you're right. As far as like the cable age, the internet age, honestly, probably Stone Cold. Yeah. Stone Cold hasn't wrestled since 2003, I think. Uh huh. Um, he's done movies. He hasn't stepped foot in a ring, other than like guest appearances. But to this day, if you have a, a room, a, a, a stadium full of people, and you hit that glass breaks. <laughs> that fucking place will erupt. So they they literally created the yeah. So they created this like it was a clusterfuck, man. Uh, they wanted. They so wanted, what's the concept of the brawl for all? The brawl for all was like literally a legit boxing match. 
Okay, and like, it was within WWE. W yeah, uh, yeah. And so it was it it was literally put together just so they would the the producer um, Vince Russo created it just so they could have someone legitimately knock out JBL because they got <laughs> yeah. But it backfired because it was a there was this guy that they were gonna push yeah to the moon like he was like he was like the, he had a reputation for his name was Doctor Death Steve Williams. Okay. Yeah. And he, he, had his, he had legit uh, Oklahoma wrestling background, you oh. know, which is like renowned for their like like their wrestling program, kind of like Iowa, whatever. Yeah. And like they so, just learn in the streets. Well, the problem is he got knocked out like, like second round oh. by this fucking like borderline jobber guy named Bart Gunn. Bart Gunn won it. I remember it. Bart Gunn. Bart Gunn, the smoking guns. It was it was a Billy Gunn and Bart Gunn. Yeah, Billy Gunn became part of that. DX, okay. a badass Billy Gunn. Yeah. yeah, I remember. So Bart Gunn legitimately won this, uh, you know, because I think he used to be like a fucking rodeo clown or some shit like that. <laughs> I know Billy Gunn was. Billy Gunn was a legit rodeo clown at one point. Oh, cool. Before wrestling, yeah. And Bart Gunn won this. And so instead of pushing him, because they didn't want to push him, they buried him by having him have a boxing match with fucking Butterbean at WrestleMania. Oh, and he no. got KO'd in like 34 seconds. Yeah, Butterbean like, is a Butterbean a knocked house. the shit out of him. And um, <laughs> Butterbean is no... Have you seen yeah. Butterbean knock out Johnny Knoxville? Yeah. In that, oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, he's like, he stormed before snoring. he landed, you know. Holy uh, shit, But, dude. yeah, so this was... So, basically, this was the ramifications. Uh, it was a terrible thing to happen. Uh, but it was like, you know, watch who you fuck over. Uh, and then also this led to promoters being more on watch. Yeah, more like accountable. The, the, obviously, the bunch of screw job and all those things later down the road, later down the road, uh, created more like eyeballs on what goes on behind the scenes. Right. But this was a good start. Yeah. Because when you have a promoter who's like who's involved in a fucking is it a murder? Is it self defense type of situation? Yeah. It creates you know eyeballs. And then this was another grounds for wrestlers. Trying to vie for guaranteed contracts. Yeah. You know, because you have a big star in, in Bruiser Brody who was so disgruntled that he wanted to get into business himself because he was tired of promoters. Yeah. That's unfortunately, like, the person he tried to get involved with was someone he fucked over along the way. And that's what, unfortunately, was his demise. Man. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's like, that's, uh, it is an interesting, um, early event in this whole, like, yeah kind of back background of wrestling yeah and you can see the you definitely see the ripple effect through yeah other the, the, stuff. the uh the uh butterfly collar effect yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's a and that's how <laughs> and that's how <laughs> that's how we wrapped up this this yeah. um very morbid episode yeah and it's yeah. gonna get worse it's, it's gonna, gonna get, get worse. so much worse. we're gonna get in some some heavier shit than this yeah surprisingly um but yeah that's the that's the 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 dark side of the thing that we all love as kids, you know. Yeah. You know, what you gonna do when true crime runs wild on you? Yeah. Uh, and on on that note, uh, that is <laughs> that's been this philosophy episode on uh, Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. Brody Brody. Um, not sure what we're gonna talk about next uh, as far as the episodes go. It's a surprise. There's, there's a couple. There's a couple angles. We'll surprise ourselves. So far, so far, every episode is kind of tied into one another. Yeah, it's so been we'll like find, we'll figure been out tethered. Something. You know, what I mean? like the yeah. you know the like, little mystery board with the string. Yeah, like that meme with Charlie Day, kind of yeah, like yeah. like that. Pepe Sylvia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that's it. That's been this episode. Yeah. If you like it, uh, if you have any suggestions, if you're listening, if you have any suggestions where you may 
want us to talk about next, please, by all means, let us know. Let us know. Talk on the uh, comment on the Instagram. Yeah. And uh, like and subscribe. Tell a friend. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, we got some, we got a couple listeners. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got a couple likes or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, man. And uh, that's been this episode. Uh, I'm Marcus Crespo. And I'm Dan Vinti. And remember, it's cool to be cool.